Good day, eh? Good day. Good day, and welcome to another Forge Side Chat, a podcast about blacksmithing, bladesmithing, and everything in between, with a heavy focus on talent in the Great White North. That's Canada, eh? And today we've got Lyle Jensen from uh, Loki's Forge and Noble Blade Wax. He's in Nobleford, Alberta, uh, kind of my stomping ground today. This is kind of cool. And uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Lyle. How's uh, how's it going? And uh, Lyle's full time job is that he's an agronomist. Now, have I got that right? Yep, that is correct. Yeah, so this is a, a busy time of year for you. What's yeah, kind of everybody decided to hit the fields right away on Monday, so it's been a very busy week as things have warmed. Yeah. Up. What what is that? What what did you say it was? Agr- agronomist. agronomist. Yeah. Agronomist. So what do you do? Agriculture um, stuff, obviously. Yeah, it's. Kind of like being like a farm manager slash veterinarian for plants, I guess would be a simple way of doing it. Cool. University stuff? Yep. Yeah. How long? Uh, I graduated college back in 2006, so I've been doing it for quite a while. Very cool. Very cool. That's right around when I uh, graduated college for welding. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're, what are you, close to 40 years old right now? Yeah, just turned uh, 40 this year, actually. Oh, right on, buddy. You young oh. pups. You young mm-hmm. pups. This is a big five-zero for me. I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do anything special for your 40th? No, I'm pretty sure I just worked all day. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's you, that's what happens. Yeah. What did you do for your 50th, Nick? Uh, I believe I did work. I was in the forge yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, probably picking up stuff and getting stuff ready for for work, and then uh, yeah. Let's, I think Shelly and I. Let's be honest, though, Nick. Yeah, is it's not really work, is it? You know what we, I did on my birthday? I did the podcast on my birthday too. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Jesus, oh, I forgot. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. I was I was blown away. I was like, your fiftieth birthday, and you're sitting down to podcast me. What the fuck? <laughs> I was, I was the less special they are. Uh, What's oh yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, like I don't know. That's I don't know, but that's like birthday, a really. It's like a milestone, though. The fiftieth, dude, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we'll forty, see. you're gonna start questioning your life like every day from now on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure, everything starts to hurt a little bit more. Yeah. That too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just being a Canadian right now. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, that was political. <laughs> <laughs> Into the danger zone. Yeah. Well, I wasn't too sure where you were going with that. And yeah. 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 <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the world we live in. Yeah. So, so, so Loki's yeah. Forge, dude, how long have you been doing that for? Uh, kind of on and off for quite a long time. Um, back when I was in college was pretty much when I started. Uh, I was involved with a like, Viking reenactor group at the time called the Sons of Fenrir. And uh, at the time, I had a coal forge on the farm, so I ran that on coal and charcoal, you know, just an old typical brake drum forge. Nice. And uh, I was, you know, just making, you know, fairly roughly made spears, javelin heads, arrowheads, uh, some basic knives and stuff like yeah. This is one of the first ones I made back then. You know, this is pounded oh, that's a, cool. uh, a harrow tine with an ash that's handle. 
awesome yeah. that you have that dude yeah and uh, i've got a few cracked ones that are sitting around here and there they just sit on workbenches. but uh, i did lots of that like you know rough kind of period stuff back then you know a lot of it i sold is relatively unfinished blades and my my name as a reenactor was was loki and that was you know long before the viking series came on tv or anything yeah it just kind of stuck and i've just used it ever since you, you, you are you buddies with darcy by chance Quop. Quop. Uh, yeah. No, I've chatted with him a bit. I actually wanted to do some lessons with him here this winter, but it just never really worked out. Okay. Yeah, I, you two are going to jive, I think. Yeah. He's a cool dude. I, I, man, talking about lessons from Darcy Quap, I would love to get some lessons from Darcy Quap. Yeah? Like, his stuff. Oh, man, his tomahawks, they are next level. And, oh, fuck uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, his knives are beautiful, beautiful work. I would... I'd love to see that. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize that that was something that you uh, you gravitated towards at all, Nick. Tomahawks. Yeah, Tom. Well, the, no, that well, that traditional style, or what was that? What you would call it, or um, what what era like was that the, again? Uh, yeah, no, I I like the you know the the older you know the the more traditional style. You know, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful work. I love brute to forge. It's it's great. So uh, I I really love it. Yeah, we do a lot of knives and brute to forge. That's true, you do. Yeah. yeah. I've What's always your, wanted to uh... do more tomahawks, but uh, the trouble I've always had is trying to drift a hole straight has always really yeah. Mm. Yep. You, as soon as well, you get a as soon as you get a hydraulic press, it becomes so much easier. <laughs> you know, and, and just talking to Pep Gomez the other day, I mean, drill a hole in it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So start pre-drill it and make yourself a starting hole. Yeah. The other thing I found for that is um a lot of guys are using a top tool punch with a wood handle, right? Yep. I've recently transferred over to a chisel style t- uh, punch tool that I hold the tongs from Sean Cunningham. That was that I ordered from him the uh, H13 punch whatever punch chisels yeah and they're they're meant to be held with tongs and i just i already had a set of tongs that i knew would be perfect for it and it, yeah you just th- you yeah. throw the uh, punch in the tongs you put a lock on the handle so that it stays tight and you, you go to town and you can because it's got that long nice tong handle you don't you you find yourself holding it a lot straighter than you will a wood handle for whatever reason with that top tool, tool fixed but part way, like I don't know how to explain yeah. it, man. Really, but yeah, I found that the tong handle works way better for me. There you go. Yeah, but I got to get that. I still got to get my hydraulic drift uh, whole thing set up. I haven't done that yet. Once I get that, dude, I saw somebody posted one online where they've got uh, side clamps. So they put their billet into the punching oh. slot. So and- it'll hold it. Hold it all yeah, straight. It holds yeah. it perfectly straight for you and centered. So there's no yeah. misalignment or nothing. It was just like bang, 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 bang. He was doing axe oh, heads yeah. like like 10 at a time type thing, just like poof, in and out. Like a factory. That's crazy. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. 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 That's the way to go. Um, my, I don't know. You do wood stabilizing too, you were saying, right? Yeah, I've got a couple vacuum pumps and stabilizing chambers, so I do a, quite a fair amount of that, actually. 
when, I'm a big believer in it. I years ago I like I had a couple knives that I didn't I didn't think needed to be stabilized for their intended purpose as hunting knives. And I learned the hard way that you can't always rely on customers to use knives properly. Mm. And what you would think should be a, you know, fairly well taken care of hunting knife with a carbon steel blade. Somebody might take it fishing and drop it in the river while they're cleaning the fish and just leave it there uh-huh. for 20 minutes while they clean up. Nice. Nice. So now yeah. I stabilize yeah. everything that basically needs it that isn't, you know, rubbery, sense. oily or waxy. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your go to for handle material? What's your favorite go to? Uh, probably a lot of the, like the the stabilized maple hybrids. I really like, even though I think they're kind of the fat on that is kind of coming to an end. But uh, they're really fun to make and work with. I I really like them. Um, a lot of just like the pine cone and epoxy resin. Like there's a batch I'm working on here right now. I know my camera's kind of crappy. You do a lot of those. Yeah, those are always those. sexy. Yeah. The pine cone resin's always sexy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I that. The small ones. I like the skull that you just finished with the uh, with the bullets in it. Oh yeah, that thing. Yeah, just, oh, that was you that did that. That was cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to open your Facebook anymore? Oh, cause... I have so many thousands of notifications between TikTok and Facebook. It's just ridiculous. Oh, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's really. I've cool. always Man, wondered I, how to manage see... that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was gonna say I could see truckers buying those skulls for shifter knobs for shifter knobs. Big oh yeah, big yeah, sure. yeah. You I've had a lot of guys a... ask me about that, and um, a lot of them are a little picky on the weight, and I think it's because if it's too heavy, it's gonna potentially pop it out of gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can eh. see that. Eh. I don't know. I drove truck for a lot of years. I don't think. Yeah, I need yeah. To find. The one that I just finished there a couple of days ago, which is nine millimeter. I mean, there's 65 rounds of nine millimeter in there with 150 yeah. grain lead bullets. So it weighs yeah. about three and a half pounds. It's a significant weight. You do have the powder out of them, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my own bullets. I, know how I just obviously don't put powder in it to begin with. <laughs> there you yeah, go. That's <laughs> have you ever done anything <laughs> like, um, leaves or flowers or anything like that into epoxy i did one skull with some fern leaves in it just kind of as an experiment to see what would happen yeah i mean i did everything that you shouldn't do i literally just cut the leaves off the fern plant and jammed them in the resin and put it into the pressure pot so i didn't even attempt to dry them down so it'll be interesting to see what happens they might turn color they might turn brown they might Hmm. not i have no idea we'll see yeah interesting yeah, that would be cool. I, I I had a customer back in the day. Well, customer is not really a customer because I didn't do a project for him at all. But um, potential customer asked me if I could do a display case for them through my welding, right? Because that more of my gig is welding fabrication than anything. And uh, I came up with this concept of putting a chunk of live edge wood in the bottom of the case having the bottom of the case like two inches thick all the way around um, and then glass cabinets encasing it or whatever. Like, so the live edge would be two inches thick and then pour an epoxy in the, in the dead zones that, that aren't filled in by the live edge and then putting in like river stone and some leaves and stuff like that. And because the guy that uh, the potential customer was a, a um, dispensary, 
I was like, well, hey, we could like throw some marijuana leaves in there and or what hemp leaves, whatever you want to call it, what you know, to um spice it up for the store. And he was just like enthralled in the idea and I started looking into um, what it would take for me to do it and the glass work is where I stepped back and went you know what man I don't think I should be walking into this realm I don't like the idea of playing with glass and I started looking into what it was going to take to do the glass and was just like not that's not my gig man I'm not no uh, I, I'm sorry I, I can't do this and he was okay with it but he was he, he tried really hard to convince me like come on no go through with it but no but <laughs> gotta push yourself to learn new things once in a while but sometimes uh you're better off to let someone else do it yeah sure yeah. you're we've also been, doing sorry go ahead nick we've been hit up quite a bit about doing rings damascus rings at the shop oh yeah so, yeah I, I don't know i guess we're gonna give it a try we'll see if see what we can do i think that's get yourself a little cool. uh little craft x lathe one of those little mini lathes. That's all you need. For yeah. Minutes. Yeah. Actually, I never even thought. Actually, well, I've got a mill. Never even thought of that. Could do them on the mill, technically. Yeah. 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 No reason why you can't. I mean, yeah. lathe is nice. Actually, I was, I was just going to uh, uh, drill a hole and then shape them on the bell grinder. The oh, 2x72. Yeah. yeah. And then I could put a little bit of texture on them to kind of, you know couple little angles and little gouges and that kind of thing. That uh, Levy, Levi Levy, I uh, I can never, I'm so bad with his name. What is, how do you say that name? Is it Levi or Levy? It's Levi. Levi. Yeah, Yeah. Levi. Anyways, (laughs) he was doing, um, he was putting silver on the inside of the ring so that it wouldn't uh, react with your finger, with your skin, right? Yeah. Because if you do, like, a lot of people will have a reaction to the Damascus or if there's copper and stuff like that, you have to be careful with the two. Yeah, if they're like me, they'd make the Damascus rust almost, like, instantly, unless it's coated. Oh, yeah. I can't even wear a silver ring at all. No way, eh? Really? Turn it it green, like, almost immediately. Wow, crazy. You got uh, acidic oils in your skin? Yep. Crazy. So what got you you into the noble wax thing? Is that something that you just kind of got into because uh, it's what it goes along with what you're doing or did you see, see a market opening there or how did that start? Well, I've always really liked the wax based finishes. I was using another popular wax based finish. And uh, one thing about me is I have almost zero sense of smell. I don't smell things like at all unless I'm right face down into it. And I had a customer remark to me that his knife handle smelled really bad. And so I had my wife smell it. And sure enough, this wax had gone rancid. Mm. And I couldn't pick up on the smell, but basically I threw it out. And then I was talking with uh, Kevin at Nexus Grinders, and he's just like, well, why don't you just make your own? Can't be that hard to figure out. So, you know, here in Southern Alberta, I'm pretty much surrounded by the largest concentration of honeybees i think in the world you know, oh yeah many of my customers have bees and wax so it took me a whole 10 minutes to source about 10 pounds of wax and i you know basically set up a laboratory here in the shop and over the course of about three weeks i went through about 
five gallon bucket full of wax, getting the formulation and the consistency just right until I was happy. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's that. There you go. That's some R and D uh, right there, buddy. Yeah. It, it actually, it, it kind of shocked me how sensitive it is between the oil and the wax content. Like you have to have a certain quantity of, of oil in order to make the wax really like workable with your fingers. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like a 2% change in the quantity of oil will make the wax way too hard or way too tough. Huh. I, I, I don't know uh, if you know, but, you know, we are kind of sponsored by this oil company, <laughs> the, these guys that make uh, really good linseed oil. And they just, they happen to also make a product very similar to yours that's really good for knife handles and and all that jazz too and we try to promote them that's the twiller linseed.com uh, the boys over at the twiller linseed have an offer if you spend fifty dollars or more you can use the code forge chat 10 and save yourself 10 percent on orders over there and uh i know he's put in a lot of r d into his product uh similar to what you're talking about with playing with the wax content versus oil content trying different waxes as well to see what he can get away with, you know, mixing and stuff like that or whatever and putting in the research into what other companies have done and and taking that research and applying it to his work as well. So, um, you know, not to take away from your product, I've heard really good things about Noble Wax as well. But I said, our man Dawson, well, he just happens to take care of me, so I try to take care of him, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Big shout out to our boys over at the Twitter Linseed. You know, over there and use that code Forge Chat Ten. Save yourself ten percent. Orders fifty dollars or more. And, uh, you can thank me later because it's an amazing product. I don't know if you've got a good connection for linseed oil, but you know, maybe you know, work something out with him. I'm just saying. Yeah, I. I... Linseed oil was the original base for my wax when I started to develop it, but I, I had quite a few people kind of tell me they didn't re- like. I was trying to develop a wax that could be used on everything from like cutting boards and cutting utensils and stuff, and a right. lot of people mm-hmm. didn't really like the smell that you get from linseed oil. Oh, interesting. Yeah, just because huh. like a lot of linseed oil has you know Japan dryer and all that. Ah, ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. See, food safe, right? This is where you need to talk to Dawson because exactly. his is. 100% pure linseed oil, food safe. Yep. He does have a product that's not food safe as well in the linseed oil de- department, but that's the stuff that you go and you use on, you know, coating your machinery and stuff like that for ultra protection, long life, longevity. Yeah. Look at that. Big words. <laughs> uh, uh, so, man, it's like, Seventeen ish years now of playing with knives, dude. Like that's a long freaking time d- d- yeah. dabbling, and I'm sure you've built yourself up one hell of a repertoire of tools at this point. So, I mean, yeah. uh, what do you what do you say, Nick? What do you think? <laughs> is, it, is she there? Who is that? Oh, 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 oh. Is she gonna? Oh. Is she going to ask about something? I don't know. <laughs> tell, me about your, tell me about your tool. I mean, tools. Oh. Yeah, tools, uh, tools. Uh, I mean, tools. Tools. Yeah, yeah, tools. Tell me about your tools. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the of uh, everything is my Nexus grinder, right? You know, got to plug oh, yeah. Nexus grinders, you know. Um, yeah. he's, he's been awesome to deal with for me, especially because I live in Nobleford. So uh, there you go. Yeah. Making his grinders, they are powder coated right here in town. So oh, cool. he oh, perfect. comes through Nobleford every week. So if I need parts awesome. or steel or anything from his site, I pretty much get door to door delivery service. Yeah. It's, I can't go wrong with that. No, no. no. Like, how, how do you say no to that, right? Well, she was still in shipping prices. So. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yep. Actually, I just, uh, I just put together my fifth, my fifth Nexus grinder. So. Yeah, that's awesome. There you go. Yeah. Man. You hear a lot of this Nexus grinder guy lately. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no qualms, man. By all means, he's a Canadian company, and that's yeah. what we're all about is Canadians, right? Yeah, so, it's awesome oh, to hear sure. that you're you guys are both running Nexus grinders, and you're both happy with that, and you've got a good connection yeah. with him, Lyle. That's that's amazing to hear that yeah. because uh, you know it's it's not uh, not often that you hear about having a connection like that where the 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 company can comes right to your doorstep and delivers yeah. to her on a regular basis. And having that, that strong connection with somebody is pretty awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. So uh, back to the tools though, man, what are you, uh, what are you running for a forge right now? You know, I'm honestly not sure where it originally came from, but I got it at a garage sale. I got a propane. It's a two burner, just venturi burner style. Um, it's got, they kind of come in at like a 45 degree angle downwards it's not the ideal propane forge, but it works well enough for my purposes. So that's that's what there I've been running the last few years. Before that, I was always coal. Oh yeah, yeah. You're not using coal anymore. No, no. I kind of kind of ran out of coal. There was an abandoned uh, yard not too far from me that had uh, you know oh. coal sitting on the ground, and I pretty much burned my way through it all. And oh wow. Uh, Dude, now that's a good way to get. So speak. Oh no, I want to. I'm gonna die. Yeah, nope, nope. Don't do it, Lyndon. <laughs> I, I have a bad habit of trailing off topic. Let's <laughs> let's let's stay on topic here. Tools, anvil, buddy. What do you got for an anvil? Right now, I'm using a 150 pound Colombian, which I really like. Yeah, that's a good good quality brand right there. Yep. Yeah, and I've got a 120 some pound one in the corner of the shop right now as well. And I've got a hundred and I believe it's one twenty-seven Peter right as well. But the edges on that one are pretty well blown out, like a lot of them are. So that's kind yeah. of backup for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, to it, let let somebody learn on if they need to. Yeah. yeah, when my nephews come over, that's the one that comes out now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. You and you know, it really wouldn't take much to to get that beefed up again. Yeah, really. This, there's a lot of guys that like well-known guys in the industry that are saying you just just build it up with 7018, bud. Yeah, it's, it allows you to just rebuild it if you need to rebuild it. It's gonna yeah. hold up. It's 7018 is a pretty strong weld, and it'll work hardened too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Just got to be careful on a Peter, right? That you don't dive into the raw iron at all with 7018. Because I don't think it'll. I think it'll short crack then if i'm not yeah. mistaken just the well and, and pre and post heat. Face. 
well, of course, he, too. Yeah, 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 helps remove a lot of the stress. But once yeah. once you start getting into the wrought iron, I'm pretty sure that's where you got to start using the uh, nye rods or whatever they're called. They're the uh, nickel rods and peen every like inch that of weld and yeah, and yeah. and mm-hmm. crazy post heating or yeah post heating where you're like wrapping it in a blanket and letting it cool for like 24 hours type thing. Yeah. Whereas a lot of like just top plate welding there, I've got rods in the shop right now. Actually a friend, Justin was just here on Saturday and he was like, yeah, do you got any hard facing rods? I want to get some. And I was looking at some on the internet, but if you've got some, I'd just buy them off of you. And I was like, well, I happened to have this bag of them, but they were a hundred dollars. And he's like, Whoa, hundred dollars. Like, oh, I mean, look at the specs on here. You weld and it, the it welds as as welds the hardness is 55 to 59 rc wow yeah no pre, no preheating necessary according to the spec no post heating necessary just weld away that's all you need to do make sure you clean it up good and yeah it was like you know the be- you can't ask for a better rod than that right no so no that's 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 really good heart and surfacing, that's for sure. Yeah, I've got a couple other rods in there, like offering. Uh, one was forty nine RC, and the other one was. Oh fuck! Justin looked it up, and he's like, "Dude, this is it says it's only coming in at twenty R- RC." It's like, what? It's apparently it's like a super strong welding rod that's great for dissimilar metals, but I guess because of the work for the good work for dissimilar metals, it doesn't have the that crazy high uh, hardness rock roll hardness to it. Hmm. Yeah. You got a power hammer or a press or anything like that, Lyle? No, I don't really have anything like that at all. To be honest, like my my blacksmithing studio, like I kind of work at a multiple locations. Like I have a ranch that's about an hour west you know, by where Nick grew up at Porcupine Hills. So okay. out, out there is where my blacksmith shop is. And it's basically a converted room in my barn. So it has a wood floor. And I, a couple of years ago, I cut a chunk out of the floor and uh, poured a concrete block. And that is where my anvil stands in. Oh, yeah. But for the rest of it, I don't have the power there to run a hydraulic press or a power hammer. I actually had a chance at a power hammer last week at an auction here, which I believe was over by Picture Butte. But they oh. show a lot for it. Yeah, they're they're all going high now. Uh, and I I uh, I think did I message you about one in Pinoka? No, I think I was I messaged Chris Green about that one. Uh, yeah, there you go. I just saw a post on uh, the power hammer page on uh, Facebook. A guy. Happened to find a blacksmith shop where the yeah. sign was pretty much worn to nothing, and he looked inside and saw a freaking mechanical hammer and found yeah. the owner and got it for cheap, cheap. And it's like those are that's my kind of deal right there, buddy. That's, oh, and it's a, that's the shit I look for. It's a fifty pounder too. It was, uh, oh man, um, beautiful, beautiful hammer. Yeah, and and it wasn't a little giant. Is it a? It was something else. But, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it looked like a little yeah. giant. I didn't. Then I didn't read the post. I just saw the picture and read. Yeah, I, I could be blip. wrong, but I don't think it was a little giant. But <laughs> there's so many that look like little giants out there. That you know, like a Canadian giant looks like a little giant. 
you know is that it, it was the mayor bros that made the canadian giant right uh it was, was the company? um oh man ab jardine no yeah, yeah i think yeah, yeah. ab jardine's jardine. another one yeah there's yes. mayor bros and there was ab jardine i know are two yeah. of the other mechanical hammers i see yeah I don't know enough about power hammers. I know my anvils, but I don't know my power hammers. We were, I, and we were talking before we started recording yeah. here about anvils and the one that's close to me just beat the hell. And the guy's asking way too much for it. And he's like, man, yeah. oh, I don't, I don't care. Somebody will buy it. Good luck. <laughs> Not nowadays. Back, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Somebody probably would have bought that for that price, but yeah. I don't know. The market seems, it's odd because I, I listen to, um, Axe and Iron podcast a lot and they were talking about how the scene out in New York area anvils are still selling hot dude. They don't seem to be selling that hot here though. Well, I saw one a few weeks ago. A guy was trying to sell in Fort McLeod and it was just like a 120 pound Peter right? And it was just beat to hell. And I think he had it advertised for like 800 and I, I kept seeing it yeah. and then it disappeared. So I don't know whether he finally sold it or what but I hope he didn't get 800 for that thing. It wasn't. Well, I think as soon as somebody sees Peter Wright on the side of the anvil, they think jackpot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think there's better. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, Peter Wright's a big name. Yeah. People well, think no, that they are. a popular brand here yeah. back in the day. Like every farm yeah. had one. And, yeah. and I totally agree with you, Lyle. There's, there are better. It's not even an op- yeah. my opinion. It's just, it's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, what about uh, heat treating oven? What are you running for a heat treating oven? Oh, an even heat, of course, which you can kind of see behind me over there. Although, oh, I kind of, the door is a little open, but go. I wasn't, that's a big even heat, isn't it? Uh, it's just the 18 inch one. Just the 18 yep. inch, nothing too crazy. Cool. Well, I, I, really I don't know. I had splurged and got you know, a 30 inch because the amount of times people wanted me to make swords and I don't want to do oh. treating it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what yeah. you do. You put that one up for sale and once you've sold it, you head over to maritimeknifesupply.ca, you talk to Lawrence and you order yourself, yourself one of the big ones and when you're in the midst of ordering it, use the code FSCKILN and you'll save a hundred bucks, man. That's pretty much your shipping. It'll, you know, pays for itself. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yep. There you That's go. I got mine from was from Maritime and I'm really glad that yeah. I bought it when I did because it was right before all the prices started to go up. Like, pretty sure oh. I can probably sell it now for about sixty percent more than I paid for it. Oh. Wow, that's so crazy, eh, dude? Yeah. Wow, inflation is almost makes me sick, man. Uh, politics. <laughs> <laughs> what uh? Yeah. What about a fly press or anything like that? You got anything fancy? I've actually been thinking about getting a fly press because uh, the old uh, power hammer on my right side is not up to spec really anymore. I, I hear that. broke my scaphoid in my right wrist really bad. A few oh, jeez. Work-related dirt bike accident. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> agronomists get to ride dirt bikes. Right? And, uh, anyways, it, it shattered into three pieces, was diagnosed as a sprain, and a year later it was a discovery. Oh, no. fuck. It's all right for day-to-day work, but I swing a three-pound hammer for an hour, and my wrist will swell up and just... Oh, yeah. Two weeks. So that's why that I don't do a lot so of forging anymore. i got to learn how to do it left-handed, I suppose. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, like and, a, and a, a press, a press mm-hmm. would be really handy too. Press. You know. Yeah. Maybe maybe get yourself a, a treadle hammer. I mean treadle hammer. Yep. <laughs> treadle or tire hammer maybe. Tire hammer, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. But if you can run, if you can run a tire hammer, then you can get away with the mechan any mechanical hammer, pretty much. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just need to build a bigger workshop here in Nobleford. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Tire hammers are something I'm fascinated by. Derek Melton is always talking about how without his tire hammer, he don't he wouldn't know where he would be at this point because his he's so in love with his tire hammers and the capabilities that they have and he's if I'm not mistaken, running two of uh. them side by side. And he says he'll go to those more than he'll go to any other of his power hammers that he's got. So it's it, it it's crazy the dynamic that changes when you you get a hammer or you get a press or you you know there's oh, it just dude. changes you your skill set changes just a little bit and it's just it's a, kinda... a little bit dude it changes <laughs> everything everything man i couldn't believe uh, it when i started running it, that hydraulic press I, I i i mean take away the fact you know that i was kind of going through some injury in the in the neck and the shoulder and stuff like that so i was having some yeah. difficulties so it made it that much more of a difference dude yeah. Oh, hey, I I know. Yeah. Of course you know. But well, what, we what, what what don't you know? Hey, it it you're putting me on the spot here. Hoser. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh, what have you been up to in the forge this week, there, Lyndon? Uh, well, not really in the forge all too much, to be honest. I've been. I I ran out to the farm and picked up a whack load more of my stuff from my brother's place. There, he's out of the city. He's got like a small hobby farm kind of thing going on there. Whatever. That's he's done absolutely nothing with. It's kind of fucking weird. I don't get him, but whatever. Anyways, he's got a massive garage bigger than my shop. And when I was moving, I was like, dude, can I keep a bunch of my stuff in there? And he's like, well. I don't know, maybe like a little bit. And I was like, I'll, I'll set up racking for you in your shop and I'll leave it there when I, when I take, when I'm done, dude, you can have a bunch of racking. He's like, yep. Oh, okay. Done deal. So, because I had, <laughs> I had a bunch of shop racking, like that big, those big oh, yeah. tall ones with that. You can put the cross members on and then screens. Across. Yeah, so yeah. I, it looks I set like them a Costco racking. <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's got, yeah. he's got a set of Costco racking in the back of his uh, uh, garage now. And, I had I had all of my stuff on there and I'm slowly still taking it. And then there's a shed out back that's got even more of my crap in it. And I'm emptying <laughs> that stuff out. And as I'm emptying it out, I'm finding dead fucking mice and everything. And it's like, oh, oh. For fuck's sakes. God damn it. This is going to be fun. So, yeah, that was that was pretty much what I've done. Well, I had a had a few people over Saturday. Justin came over and we had some beers. That's pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's been about it. What about you, dude? You go. Uh, I put the welding table to use today. I, cool. Uh, yeah, I built a broad fork. Ever hear of a broad fork? It's for. Well, you're an agronomist. You should know what a broad <laughs> fork is. Yeah. It's oh. it, it yeah. kind of, but it it kind of breaks up the soil and kind of loosens everything up all at once. It's yeah. for gardening. Yeah. Oh, they they're. Yeah, they're. Uh, 
This one's yeah. like twenty inches wide. And they kind of they're kind of reinforced forks as well, like T shaped yeah. or something, right? Yeah, they were good for digging yeah. potatoes sometimes too. Oh fuck yeah! Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So how did you make it? I actually I had the tines laser cut, and then I just welded them to a piece of uh, um, forty sked, one inch forty sked, and uh, and What's that? put a handle on it. Forty sked forty. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, just tubing. Like yeah. round tubing, yeah. but um, so there's no tool steel involved. No, no, mm. it's just mild. Yeah, it's no big deal. I don't know, man. No deal till you get a 300 pound guy on there trying to swing it around. Yeah, uh, weight on it. Well, yeah, I, I thought, I'm, I th- it's reinforced. I thought you want to be making those things out of like minimum 1045 or 4140. No, no, I, I thought so. Okay, no, okay. I don't know. Nothing. I don't know. I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, well, you'll, you'll and find then out. actually, then uh, then I one of the neighbors there, he had he had to replace a uh, a blade on a track. Well, it was on a track hole, but like it was a greater blade that he cut in half. And mm-hmm. then he needed a couple more holes put in it. And uh, yeah, so he tried drilling it, and that wasn't happening. So. I uh, he had everything marked out, so I told pulled out the gas axe and we blew a couple of holes in it, and then I used a reamer to clean up the holes. And yeah, so that was that was fun today. Yeah, so. I, I reamed a traco once. You reamed a what? Sorry, traco. Okay. Yeah. There you go. She, she was yeah. on the track and field team. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured <laughs> you were going with. <laughs> <laughs> or he yeah. was so anyhow so i yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah so that that was my day and when i i did uh three billets of pattern welded steel too so, oh sweet yeah if you can't call it damascus it's not damascus it's pattern welded steel great <laughs> yeah so oh Nickname Damascus. What is Damascus? There is no real Damascus. Yeah. 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 What about yourself, Lyle? What do you? Oh yeah, yeah. Have you uh, have you played around with any of that kind of stuff, or like Baker Forge or anything like that? A little bit here and there. Uh, mostly with just with Damascus. I ordered a three foot bar of that about two weeks ago. I think I have two feet left. Not too many customers are too interested in it. She's pretty expensive. Yeah, what yeah. was a three foot bar worth? Like a thousand bucks or something? Yeah, it was, it was around nine hundred dollars by the time I paid shipping and everything on it. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, no, that stuff's not cheap, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean I, I'm I'm interested to maybe one of these days try some of that Baker Forge and Baker Forge tool and steel stuff there. And it's uh like I said, I'm not a knife maker, so I don't know. I got I got to play around a bunch more before I ever decide to order something like that. That's special to make a knife out of. That's for sure. This is where I totally agree where I I do need to put in the time and start making some knives so that one day I can use something like that and make a nice knife. Because right now I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different than working normal Damascus because of course it's stainless so you can forge it but it is very stubborn to me 
compared to a normal Damascus. And of course, you're going to have to have an even heat or something in order to heat treat it. Mm -hmm. And instead of etching it with ferric, generally you would etch it with muriatic acid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. There you go. Very cool. I believe Very cool. you were asking what I was doing in the shop today, which was uh, not Thank a you. whole lot. I'm currently working on a seven-piece batch of EDC knives, five of which are for uh, a big retailer. So, well, not no, really right on. Kind of a sponsor, whatever. But uh, kind of a mixture of handles on them. I'm just working on getting those polished up right now, and hopefully I'll be doing some Kydex sheaths by the end of the week. You got yourself a Kydex you press? That's cool. That's very cool, dude. So you, you brought up a three-pound hammer, um, and obviously you're having difficulties now, but at one point you probably gravitated towards a favorite hammer, dude, and that's a question that we've got to ask because Verbray always wants to know, man. What, <laughs> what, what is or was your go-to hammer, the one that you found yourself yeah. going to all the time? Oh, one that uh, I, I found a couple years ago. We were cleaning out my father-in-law's estate. And uh, they found this old, old tool chest. And if you know, like a hundred and some years ago, carpenters always had these beautiful tool chests that they, that they made. And it was like their resume in a box, right? Like they would spend a pile of time to build these beautiful boxes with all their tools all perfectly laid out in there. And so I was going through this chest and looking at all these tools. And I reached down to the bottom and I pull out this big ass cross bean hammer, big three pound cross bean hammer. And uh, like, there's no markings on the head at all. I have no idea where it's from. It's obviously it's old, but it was kept in really good shape. Like the face wasn't all chipped or anything like that and had a handmade hickory handle on it that was wax. And so that's wow. the handle that I've been using pretty much almost exclusively for the last three, four years now. That's awesome. Dude. That's really cool. Yeah. I love, I love keeping old stuff alive, dude. So fucking much. Yeah. This anvil that I just bought actually uh, recently, I picked up another 400 pound anvil from a gent and, uh, you know, my, one of my first questions I asked them was, you know, can you tell me the history of this anvil? Where did it come from? It was my grandfather's anvil and uh, he told me his grandfather's name, Winston. And I said, well, sir, uh, this anvil is going to ring for Winston one, one more time. That's for sure. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> So it's awesome to have 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 that in in your shop something that's got meaning to it back and for you even more so being your father-in-law right yeah, yeah. i'm pretty fortunate actually like my my grandfather um he was a rancher well he was actually he was an immigrant out of the US into southern bc in 1920ish probably Anyways, he ended up ranching in Quinell, BC, and he was kind of a jack of all trades. Like he did blacksmithing, he did leather work, he did saddlery, he did engraving, goldsmithing, silversmithing, all throughout his life. And oh, wow. And I never threw a damn thing out. So, you know, he, unfortunately he passed away when I was a teenager, but uh, I have, to this day, I have pretty much all of his tools. Oh, that's and awesome, dude. Wow. Of all of his uh, designs for engraving, all of his, you know, conch making tools, all the leather tools I still use when I'm doing knife sheaths, all that kind of stuff. Oh, man. Wow. I got that's lots of good. old historical sentimental tools around. That's right. Nick was saying you make your own leather sheaths as well. Yeah. yeah. You got a sewing machine? 
well, I have a Mexican man, and I get, well, I guess, sorry, he's just a Mexican across the street. And he does really, <laughs> really good leather work. Yeah, we and, try not to get religious, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he, you know, he makes uh, leather work look pretty easy, and I'm, I'm really solidly booked as far as knife work goes, so quite oh, yeah. often if I feel pressed for time, I'll yeah. just shoot him a message. He's literally right there. He just comes over, grabs the knives, and a few days later, I have sheets. So, That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. super awesome, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Keep it a local, dude. That's really awesome. Oh, yeah. I've, I, I, nuts for yeah. that. Like, uh, right beside me is actually a retired knife maker, Kevin McAllister, I want to say. You'll probably, you'll never find him on social media, but he was on Blades Forum, I think, for a while. But, Wait, you know, okay. So he's, he's now retired from knife making. I pretty much bought everything that he had last year. So I got all of his steel, his pin material, <laughs> that kind of oh. stuff. There's a who would have thought that getting left at home alone for Christmas three times <laughs> in a row would turn you into a knife maker? <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. As soon as I heard the name, I was like, no yeah. way. Yeah. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> He's not gonna As if. Sure that is his last name because now I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Mix something. It sounds Irish. Oh, we'll just go with McAllister. It's a good McPherson. story. There we go. McPherson. McPherson. Yeah. Kevin oh, yeah. McPherson. Yeah. He was Kevin McAllister's next door neighbor when they were growing up. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So where do you plan to go with this, Lyle? What's in the future for you? Just keeping it uh, going as a side hustle? or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, at the moment here, I think I'm pretty much booked up till about Christmas. Um, it kind of depends on what happens in the yeah. next few months. Like right now, like the amount of overtime with my job, because like I work when farmers work, right? So my phone rings all day and all night and I can, I got to jump up and go. So it makes it, pretty difficult to you know get too uh involved with the grinder when your phone rings every 10 minutes all evening so yeah sure. quite often during during the summer i don't get a whole lot of knife making work done like my production mm-hmm. rate just slows right down especially with like i got a ranch i got to work at as well and all that you know family stuff kids and soccer and so on and so forth but yeah in the winter, i'm you know i'm pretty able to go steady at it there you go oh, yeah how many kids you got just one Old, he's seven. Yeah, hey, cool. My girl's turning seven in like what three weeks? Oh, nice. I'm, oh, there you I go. Remember, what's the date yeah. today? Twenty six. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son's actually kind of the reason that I got into knife making as much as I did about seven years ago. Oh, crazy! And, uh, when he was born, you know, like uh, you know, obviously, uh, I was working at a, a different company at the time, and ends were were pretty tight. And uh, you know, like I worked during the day, my wife worked. At night, you know, and what do you do once a kid goes goes to bed? Well, yeah, you could sit on the couch and get your ass grow fat while you watch hockey, or you can do something. And I've always been a tinkerer, so that's when I really started to do it seriously. Right, <laughs> me and you both, dude. That's exactly yeah. what happened. I fucking dabbled with welding and fabrication right up until the day my kid was born, pretty much, and then all of a sudden it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You need to be here, like, with the kid 24-7 type thing, but you're going to have these, like, spurts of 
doing nothing for like two, three, because, you know, the kid goes for what, like two, three naps during the day type thing when they're young babies. And, you know, I, I took advantage of what parental leave is, I think they call it right. So I I took advantage, advantage of that. I took a a few months off. I, I mean, it wasn't necessarily taking advantage of it. It was my wife needed me. She owned her own business. She doesn't get that, right? She, yeah. she wasn't making money. And as soon as she was able to, she was like, I I want to go back to work and make money. I was like, you're a crazy girl, but you, I'm here for you. You need me to take uh, yeah. parental leave and stay at home with the kid and put the kid down for, you know, two hour naps at a time, bring the baby monitor out to the garage with me so that I can tinker and learn how to blacksmith. Here we go. Let's do this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So how did you put your kid down? Did you like <laughs> saying? You're Wait. small. You got a little bit of hair. Not very good looking. Is that how you put your kid down? <laughs> oh, well, I can get way meaner than that. Yeah, way meaner <laughs> than that. Yeah, we're talking about a kid here, man. They don't even have feelings yet. <laughs> you're you're fucking. You're fat. You got drool all over you. Look at you. You're a fucking mess. You shit your pants. Look at you. You shit your pants. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> That's, that's your new name, Shitty Pants. You even got shit on me for fuck's sakes. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, there you go. There. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we put the kids down. <laughs> My kid yeah. was super awesome about going for naps and going to bed at night, dude. I yeah. it was almost like it was like clockwork mm-hmm. every time same same time every day was able to put her for a nap yeah. up do the and it was it was like routine which was so awesome because you man, gave her that shot you gave her that shot of rum at the same time every day at the same time every day <laughs> <laughs> just rub a little bit on the gums yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> uh, you bastard <laughs> huh so yeah. with the types of knives you're making, you find yourself doing stock removal more often than not, I guess, because, you know, forging or how's that work for you? Yeah, my customer demographic definitely kind of has shifted more towards the stainless. So like AEBL, Nitro-V are pretty much my basic steels these days. Yeah. I mean, I've been experimenting with some S35 with kind of hit or miss results, but I really like uh, crew wear. Oh yeah, oh man, you really like your expensive steels, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I once cry once. Yeah, the, the yep. cu- make sure that customer's happy. Yeah, crew wear is brutal to work with. Like that, that steel. Like if you decide to hand sand that, you will regret it. Oh really? Oh yeah. Good to know. Yeah. How's the magna cut for hand sanding? You know, it's not that bad, really. Like. You know, honestly, I would put it on par with, you know, like a hard-tempered 440C. I would say it's it's not bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 440C is kind of like your, like, super basic level of getting into tool steel, uh, stainless-wise, right? Yeah, but if, if you heat treat it, you know, pretty hard, like, depending on what the usage is, like, it can get really glassy hard. Oh, and yeah. it can It can hold a really good edge until it suddenly doesn't when it chips off on you. But uh, it, yeah. if you get it that hard, it can be really difficult to sand. Like, if you're too hard, you'll know it as soon as you try to hand sand it. 
Interesting. Cool. And that's 440C is another one that you you need to have a heat treating oven for, right? You're not doing that in a forge? Yeah, not unless your forge is accurate enough to, you know, be within, you know, 25 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit to constant for, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. And you have the foil wrap as well, right? Yeah. When you do it in the in the heat treating oven, you have to foil wrap it as well. Yep, you bet. You do, eh? Crazy. Do you put anything in the foil with yours, or I don't know. And I, you know, I, once in a while you'll get a little pinhole leak where you you know creased a little too hard or you hammered a fold wrong or something like that. But usually it's it's pretty minor when you compare it to you know some of the scale that you get on a carbon steel knife. Really, I mean, it, it's nothing that doesn't grind off in thirty seconds. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Decarb on carbon steel can be way harder to remove. And then you uh, do plate quenching with that stuff. Yep. Yeah. I use aluminum plates. How 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 big of aluminum plates did you go with? Uh, the ones that I have are about sixteen inch long, ten inch wide, and an inch thick. Okay. That nice big plates. Did you do anything as far as like adding anything to it for cooling wise, or just straight plate? That's it. Just straight plate, and then I'll generally I'll I'll blast compressed air. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just clamp them together, blast compressed air through. If I'm doing more than like one or two quenches, like quite often, like I do a little bit of like heat treating for other guys as well. So quite often I'll have eight nine blades when I'm running a batch. So yeah. I'll usually I'll, I've got like a kiddie pool of cold water outside the garage door, and I'll just run the plates out there, dip them in there, cool them down. Yeah. Just yeah. To try to keep things consistent. Yeah. One of the things I was talking to, so just right, you didn't you didn't do like the the woodworker's vice trick with the with the plates? No, I thought about that, but eh. then it's just another thing that's attached to a workbench. This way, I can kind of yeah. plates away because I'm usually only doing heat treating maybe once a week because I tend to work in batches. What do you do right. as far as clamping it then? I just use really big. Uh, I don't even know what the name for them would be. The uh, Bessie clamps, yeah, you know. Oh, okay. Gee, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Irwin, Irwin ones, yep. yeah, quick grips, yeah. I love those Irwin quick grips are sweet, dude. Did you know you can flip the head around on it and use it as a spreader? You betcha. Yeah, yeah those are yeah. fucking amazing. I can't can't get enough of those. Actually, the best clamps in my workshop, hands down, are these guys. If you have never seen these, you have to get some. Where did you find those? Yeah. So these are from Lee Valley. I'm not sure 100% what they're called. Whoa. Wow, that's cool. Whoa. Yeah. So Shit, this is like fucking Batman gear you got there, dude. That's so cool. Yeah. So they're they're kind of like they've got a ratcheting, like a vice, oh, vice grip on. safety on. Let me uh, play video. Okay. Show me that again. Play around with it. Do, do the slidey thingy. Fuck. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. You can clamp something that's about six inches wide with that. It's just a little. That's really cool. Basically. You know, and I have different together. ones from like Canadian Tire. You put like 10 pounds of force on them. And oh, the garbage. Off, right? Yeah. These things like, you know, I, I have a grip strength of over 100 pounds. And like these things, I have never broken. I have 80. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 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 So, yeah, wow. these are Legend. awesome. You can't oh, have wow. enough leave out. These are like 15 <laughs> bucks, I think. That's, yeah. Well, 
you know what? Lee Valley is just full of tools that you didn't know you needed until you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean? They were the only yeah. place that I was able to uh, find solid uh, square sets at, uh, other than getting through Maritime. Oh, Lawrence yeah. ended up getting them for me for a better, way better price than Lee Valley had them had them yeah. for. There's a guy right now. He's got a special set on Marketplace. He's asking three hundred dollars for the set. I'm just like, oh, buddy, if I wouldn't have bought this set from Maritime, I would buy that set because it's like all they're fancy, dude. I can't remember what brand they are, but they're fancy, and I like fancy shit. I'm a fancy kind of guy. <laughs> you are a fancy boy. <laughs> wow, easy there. <laughs> Fucking take off, you hoser. <laughs> who, who hired this guy? Uh, it's volunteer you can't fire me well you could fire me i guess you know there's there's no firing there's take off take off you hoser take off eh? take off and come back next week eh (laughs) there you go uh, what you been listening to in the shop lately Oh, I've got a pretty uh, eclectic mix of music for sure i pretty much listen to everything except for country perfect Yep. Uh, really? We can jam. Thinking uh, probably Low Life by Crowbot. Low Life by Crowbot. Wow. I have not heard of Crowbot before. You know, I never had either until I was just, you know, some random Spotify play mix. And yeah, I was like, oh, man, I, I can groove to this. I love finding music like that. <laughs> Randomly finding good bands is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to University Radio once here. Oh, oh this will be my my song. <laughs> Listening to University Radio once here in Winnipeg, and uh, La Tigra comes on. What? Oh, what was the name of the song again, though? La Tigra. I have to freaking look it up here. I used it in a snowboarding edit back in the day. Really cool band, and yeah, I don't know. Nick. Well, I usually go well. I go hard, and then I go kind of really eclectic. This is pretty eclectic. Glenn Campbell, Wichita lineman. Nice. <laughs> nice. Which tail lineup? A Wichita linesman. Wichita linesman. Yeah. I don't Glenn know his. Campbell. Or Campbell, sorry. I don't know his yeah. uh, stuff at all, but I, I've heard of the guy before. <laughs> Actually, my boss, is, my boss's name is Glenn Campbell. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Wichita. No, it's Wichita linesman. Lineman. lineman. Yeah. Lineman. Wichita lineman. Yeah. I'm, oh, my song is uh, La Tigra De- Decepticon. Oh, there you go. It's, you want, you want eclectic, dude? We hit it. <laughs> we hit it. <laughs> it. It is all over the map. Yep. It's all over the map. It's yeah. fucking. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Wow. I like to listen to dubstep while I'm grinding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just something uh, like a really like, you know, active, energetic beat, you know, keeps you kind of involved, you know. Yeah. Some Castlevania. Yeah. Some yeah. Skelex. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Knife uh knife oh was it what was the name of the dubstep band was it, it wasn't knife talk was it because that's the name of the podcast it was knife something knife party yeah knife party yeah yeah knife party that was one i used to listen to lots that's a party i don't want to go to 
<laughs> talking about you have that you sounds, hold that party every day sounds worse than sausage party mm, nah, yeah, you, no you just you just made it weird dude way to go <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking there um it's uh it's kind of my own own concoction i call it the polisher yeah. oh yeah. really yeah, it's really? pretty much got everything in the liquor cabinet in it. So <laughs> the uh, the, ba- the base for it is a uh, a coconut tequila liqueur that I picked up in uh, Mexico. And okay. And you add to that some pineapple liqueur from Cuba, and then some gooseberry liqueur from Canada, uh, just to give it a little bit of color so it looks like it's had grenadine. Right, right. And then you add uh, triple sec. Like an ounce of triple sec and wow. three or four ounces of uh, like a really good dark rum. Holy cow! Well, this, so this is like a scientific mix he's got going on here. When he was saying it was a polisher and it was just like everything in the liquor cabinet, it's like yeah, polish off this <laughs> bottle, polish off that <laughs> bottle. There we go, the polisher. <laughs> yeah, and I usually put a cherry in it, like a maraschino cherry, but I forgot today. Yeah, yeah. I used and to you call me fancy work in the shop, but. I can't really do that anymore. I, uh, I started to get gout really bad when I drink beer, so uh, uh, I drink rum. Oh, I, yeah. s- I stay away from the beer because it makes me gassy. Yeah, that too. Well, yeah. that's my problem more than mine. But. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> that's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and, you and your partner are kind of like newish, though, aren't you? You guys have only been together like four or five years right neck yeah 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 so you're in that you're still in that territory where you have to watch out for i've been with my with my wife for like 19 years now i fart like she farts like she farts worse than i do for frick's sake i've actually i actually hold her hand and then move it to my ass and then fart (laughs) so she can feel it that's that's romance you you feel my love (laughs) woman right there (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah 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 she is an amazing woman yeah well yeah she, i didn't even need did to know that just knowing that she's with you said <laughs> uh, right did i ever tell you how i knew that she was the right one for me how i should i should lock that down she crashed her shopping cart into your butthole no god man i was, I was almost over that thanks <laughs> what did you god. say lyle sorry i missed it I said she didn't vomit when she looked at you. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> a little over the top. No, I'm sorry. That was a little, yeah. little too far. Yeah. That was, that was, that was kind of douchey. I'm not going to lie. Keep yeah. um, the heart. Keep okay. the heart. <laughs> so we went to Cabela's on, on a Saturday. So we went to Cabela's and then we stopped at the Torrington Gun Show. And then the next day we were butchering pigs and uh, she was helping me gut a pig and she said, here, I'm going to pass you the anus. I am never going to find another woman that's going to pass me a pig's anus. So I had to lock that down. That's Yeah. That's, that sounds like true love right there too. It is. <laughs> it is true love. Uh, yeah. Speaking yeah. of true love, um, my, my true love in this world has it. Well, besides my wife, sorry. Yeah. Uh, outside of my, my family, my child, my wife, my, my my parents and stuff like that. But my true love in this world, obviously, as we, we've come to know, is metalworking. 
one of the things that I've I've always gravitated towards in metalworking, where my my whole journey started was with welding, and my welding slowly brought me into the fabrication world, um, as most welders do. Most welders do. Not all of them do. A lot of them just go into just straight up welding. You know, you get your pipe yeah. guys. They lay beads. They just go from pipe to pipe. They lay beads. They're they're not fabricating much of anything. A lot of them, they know their fabrication, but that's not what the job is necessarily, right? Yeah. You get guys that are uh, working in manufacturing. They don't really get to understand the nuances of fabrication either because everything is essentially on that end done for them, right? They're They're working with engineered parts, off of blueprints, slapping things together according to the blueprint, putting the weld where they're told to put the weld in the size that they're told to put it in, using the machine that they're told to use and everything like that. So there's really not a lot of thought put into that that aspect of welding. You get guys, in, and no offense to guys in manufacturing, production and stuff like that. There's amazing guys in those facilities. I know a lot of them that are really good welders. In fact, a lot of those guys that are in those production facilities can lay a way fucking nicer bead than I can lay because that's what they do day in, day out. But where I'm going with this, and the reason I bring all this up, there is so much that goes into learning how to build something versus just knowing how to weld. Oh, yeah. Just knowing how to weld versus really knowing what's happening when you're welding is another aspect as well. And I don't want to take away from the guys that have are learning how to weld. Like, dude, it's awesome that you're learning to weld. It's a you, you cannot pick up a better skill set as far as I'm concerned. But be cautious of how far you take that skill set and what you're building because a lot of the things that get fabricated in this world require engineering behind that and if you don't understand engineering on top of your welding and in combination with your welding you can be fabricating stuff that will be a death trap so that's my cautionary warning towards people that are in the industry right now that are that want to get into welding by all means, do it. Please learn how to weld. But learn how to weld and keep learning. Don't you know? learn how to lay a bead and be happy with that. Talk to welders. Talk to fabricators. Talk to engineers. Learn what it takes to build something properly. Understand tensile loads. Un- understand the different steels and what what steels are even weldable there's steels out there that really don't like being welded oh here you know what fucking dude he was on uh and he was talking about all these different podcasters that oh you got into podcasting and can't keep it going for more than a year and this and that and all these these guys that think they're gurus and telling us what it is and how it is and it's like ah fuck really hope he's not talking about me that hoser <laughs> no, I don't think that at all. I, you know what? It's it's amazing because I I get to talk to you and the stuff that you know about metallurgy and and welding and and yeah, you've got a wealth of knowledge. It's it's 
it's really humbling at times. It's so. fucking it's bare bones compared to some people do. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I I know nothing, nothing compared to so many people in this world, dude. Oh. Do you well. ever do you, do you like the that thing that happened in the Matrix when Neo plugged into the Matrix to start learning things? <laughs> I fucking wish that existed so fucking much. I want to yeah. learn like everything and so fucking fast, dude. And yeah. it's just like Yeah, you'll never learn yeah. it all, dude. No. Read nope. lots of books. Don't waste time. Don't bother watching fucking hockey games. Well, that's not true. You got to watch hockey uh, games or Canadian. Make TikTok? sure you watch your hockey. I don't what have about TikTok. TikTok? <laughs> I don't do the TikTok. I don't do TikTok. Come on. I want to follow Lyle on TikTok. Oh, I rarely ever post on TikTok anymore since they banned no. me last year. Oh, did I, they ban you? Oh, yeah. Like, I was, yeah. I, I made, if you remember, like a year ago, there was a lot of like viral videos where guys were like grinding shit in you know 36 grit belts yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was pretty much me that started that <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot yeah thanks. <laughs> I, I i had a sharpie that went dry on me and i kind of got pissed yeah. off at it so i was like oh fuck whatever so grabbed my phone and recorded me pushing it into a 36 grit belt and it went viral yeah and so I was just like, well, whatever. So I just kept doing it. And uh, I think it, I peaked at about three quarters of a million followers. And wow. Yeah. And I actually, I, I did a bunch of like Nokia phones and stuff like that too. And, yeah. And, uh, but I got reported for safety violations so many times, even though like eventually they would pretty much all be like all my videos would be reinstated. I had to go through an appeal process every time. And after that happened so many times, they finally just banned me completely with no reason. Really? It was probably somebody that was jealous of your shit that was just constantly reporting you, trying to get you kicked. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. And so I've got a new one now, but I rarely ever post on there. So you're Loki's Forge on Instagram. Yep. And, dude, you're... Like followers, man. Like, I was expecting to see like thousands. You got 800 followers going on here. Is last week it was like 400. Oh, wow. What happened there? (laughs) Well, that was the the skulls go. The skull. Okay. Oh, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Shit, eh? I'm. I'm blown away. You've only got how long? You 983 posts, dude. And is this all knife content on your? Are you doing? Like there's some farm stuff. Like I'll put drone videos and stuff like that on there once in a while. But for the most part, it's mostly knife stuff. Obviously, I didn't go through your Instagram before we sat down. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And to give some background on that. I kind of found out that the Manitoba Blacksmith Guild is having a meeting tomorrow night at the same time we would normally be recording. So we jumped into this one just like last no. second type thing. Like, can we do it tonight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Let's do it tonight. Well, so. I messaged Lyle and I said, hey, how would you feel about coming on to uh, Forgeside Chat tomorrow night? Yeah, sure. After after what? 7 o'clock, 7 p.m.? or something yep. like that he says yeah sure that works fine i said to lando hey 7 p.m tomorrow oh yeah that's great i've got a meeting at eight i'm like uh <laughs> seven <laughs> alberta time eight o'clock manitoba time yeah I so got- uh yeah honestly it was 
It's like, hey, how would you feel about doing it tonight instead? <laughs> so yeah, it was. Thank you very much for yeah accepting. Yeah, uh, so yeah, no worries. That's, uh, yeah, kind of on the fly. Kind of happy to bring another Canadian onto the show too, because it's been Man. like yeah, you've been U.S. heavy lately. Well, oh, and Australia, Australia, and, yeah. Uh, well, let's, we had Eric back a few episodes ago, and he's yeah. from from Squamish, so. He's, well, that's yeah, a yeah. cool. That's a cool dude, man. I want to go yeah. visit him, man, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at this point of recording, I I have not put out the pep episode yet, dude. Oh, yeah, that episode's gonna fucking rock rock people's worlds, man. That was such yeah. a good fucking what a fucking crazy dude. This guy down yeah. in New Mexico, Pep, pep Gomez, Lost Holy Arts Work. Fuck. This yeah. guy's insane, dude. Like yeah. and not to take away from everything you're doing or whatever, but like he's been at it for a long time. Like he's <laughs> you know he's got <laughs> that that did sound really horrible. Hey yeah. like, Lyle, we had this other guest that was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it was just Oh no. He's uh he's yeah. doing machining, he's part of the Baja racing and stuff like that. So oh, he just man. had like a some pretty crazy, you yeah. know, interesting Parts of uh, outside of what he's doing in just metalworking, right? Yeah, yeah. The things that that guy's doing is just amazing. Yeah. And his, you know, he's been a kind of a, um, a a forefather in in really really cool pattern Damascus. Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Friends with yeah, uh, so. Steve Swarger and yeah, just right, very rad. Yeah. Is are you doing any Damascus of your of your own ever? Or? No, I have done some San Mai. Actually, I have a bunch that I forge welded up last year that I haven't really done anything yet with. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, one day, like I, I have done some experimental pattern welding and stuff. But like doing it by hand, I mean, a guy can do. Oh it. yeah. It just it takes so long that it's mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's more efficient for me to buy it from you know somebody like you know i say mc knife works or somebody like that out of medicine hat yeah. you there know you go. rather than spend you know multiple weekends trying to forge one billet out by hand at the farm yeah he's a good guy i've he's got a bunch of noble blade wax as well but uh he yeah. hasn't got it up on his website yet okay. I, I think he's had it for about a year now but uh, one of these days one of these days he'll be <laughs> I'm actually I'm in a pretty blessed location as far as being a knife maker here in Alberta. Like, I got Nexus Grinders to the south of me. I got yeah. MC Knife Works to the east. Canadian Knife Maker is just to the west, a couple hours. Knife Maker Direct is a couple hours to the north. You know, yeah, the only one that's out and about, way far away, is Maritime. And yeah. there's nothing to worry about there because they'll ship to your doorstep within a couple of days, usually, right? Yeah. yeah, it's usually fairly quick. Yeah. yeah, he's a great source yeah. for a lot of stuff that's hard to find, like Corby bolts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Lawrence has Lawrence has just about everything. <laughs> if you much. if you want to make a knife, he's got everything you pretty much need. So yeah. yeah. I I do remember now um, when we were talking about tools. I wanted to bug you because it kind of came up. I think it was during the tools area. We were talking about. Um, how you're booked until Christmas right now. And that that's something that piqued my interest because 
I'm, I want to know what you're doing as far as like marketing goes. Like how, how are you, how are you gaining sales until Christmas right now, dude? Well, a lot of it is, I mean, a lot of us have a professional life, you know, especially if we're, you know, a hobbyist knife maker, right? You know, look, look into your, your job that you're doing as a day job and figure out how you can make that pay for your, your side hustle, right? Like for me working in agriculture, all of my customers are all knife people. Almost every farmer, every rancher is a hunter or a fisherman, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I yep. get pretty much half of my orders. The other half is people that want to buy gifts for my customers. So, um, you know, quite often I'll have, you know, say chemical companies, right? They need to make a gift to sweeten the deal to some big, big customer. And, you know, they could spend $800 on, you know, a Yeti cooler for a guy that already has six of them, right? Or they could, you know, spend 400 bucks on a really nice custom knife, you know, that the guy can pass down to his son and be proud of, right? So, yeah. You know, I'm in a situation and, where those reps come to me and they, you know, say, Hey, we want this many, you know, knives in a year and, uh, you know, creator's choice. You make whatever you want as long as it's fancy enough to give to a customer. That's sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Actually, that's how I first heard about you is my sister had one of your knives. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, she'd have one of my early ones, one of the probably 80s here V2. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Wait, you actually have a sister? I do. I've got two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So that joke about your sister. My sister. It was a joke, right? Uh, What joke are you talking about? Can't remember now. (laughs) Can't remember exactly how it went now, but said something. I think you said something about finding your sister in the cornfield. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I don't recall that ever. I'm I'm from Pincher Creek, not Tabor. Way <laughs> more cornfields than Tabor. That's all I'm saying. Uh, how'd, cornfields. how'd you find your cousin in the cornfield, eh? Oh, not bad. <laughs> in the Porcupine Hills, if there was a cornfield, it would die when it was about two feet tall, so it wouldn't be hard. Yeah. No, yeah, there's no, there's no cornfields there. I think the wind makes them crazy, though. I'm oh, really loud as a pancake. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then anyone in the Porcupine Hills, there's a little bit of crazy from all the wind. <laughs> so, there's an there's an area yeah. in Manitoba called Porcupine Hills too. Oh, there you go. When when exploring in there one year, fun little place yeah. on the way up to on the way back home to Flint Flon. Yeah. So are you? Do you got a, a website going or anything like that? How how are you pushing it outside of just word of mouth no most of it is actually through instagram um occasionally through facebook um i think i've sold one knife in total on tiktok with my most popular account before it got banned which was a bushcraft knife which went to puerto rico but uh, for the most part it's mostly local stuff through instagram and facebook reese do you find you're selling most of your stuff locally as well yeah it's usually within a couple hours from here that's pretty great. Yeah. What's what kind of so you mentioned something about a four hundred dollar knife? Is that about where your price point sits? That would be like more upper end. Like I usually try to make, you know, a, a really nice knife for a reasonable price. Right? And, and yeah. Keep customers happy. Keep them coming back. Like most of my customers are repeat customers, and so most of my hunting knives are in that you know two to three hundred dollar range for you know something with 
you know, a pretty fancy handle, you know, a leather Kydex sheet with a, you know, multi clip or something on it. And we, and you're doing that with a stainless blade too, dude? Mm-hmm. Damn. That's a good price point. Fuck yeah. Are you doing um chef knives as well? Yeah, I don't do too many of those anymore. Uh, kitchen knives seem to be somewhat cyclical for me for some reason. I'll go through, you know, like a month or two where all I get is orders for kitchen knives and then it just totally dries up for a year. But I've got uh, a few chef knives and some of them are in Europe and all over the place. Well, that's that's freaking rad. A lot of them but, I did in carbon steel and, and uh, yeah, some of those have come back for warranty work. <laughs> uh, yeah. You you know what? And honestly, I I think that carbon steel makes a nicer knife than stainless it steel. Does. It really does. You know, like it I've does. got a customer, you know, a local farm out here. He's just a couple minutes away, and I've done a complete set of knives for his his wife. They all have exactly the same handles. It's a blue dyed stabilized mango. And yeah. All, all the knives are either W two or ADC or V two, and she loves them. She really does. But it never fails. Every year at Christmas, she has relatives come over. And they don't know how to use a carbon steel knife, and they throw them in the dishwasher. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> and even though like, the the blades will rust, but it's nothing you can't wash <gasps> off. But, yeah, <gasps> like the uh, the alumalite dyes that I use when I'm stabilizing the wood, the yeah. blue, when it's exposed to really high heat in the dishwasher, will actually turn a really funny greenish color. Oh, so when that happens, you have to remove, like, strip the finish off the handle. Yeah. And, Resand the handle down. So every year, at least one knife, the handle gets a little bit smaller. Oh, that's the shits. Yeah, yeah. Shies and shower. Yeah. yeah, but it's amazing. Like that mango is pretty soft wood, and when you stabilize it, it'll survive a trip through the dishwasher with no distortion, no water absorption at all. That's, that's pretty impressive. It's just yeah. just the heat that affects it. I. uh I stabilized red cedar once. I was, I, I think red cedar looks cool, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, and it, it hardened quite a lot, you know, and that's a really soft wood. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah. There's some yeah. woods really do benefit from it, like maple and walnut, especially. Like maple is yeah. so soft and so water absorbent. It's yeah. and yet it's such a hard wood. It's so yeah. weird, hey. Yeah. Yeah, like a traditional woodworker, you think of maple and oak as really hard woods. But if you're a knife maker, you're like, ah, it's soft and porous. Yep. Yeah. 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 But it looks so beautiful. Yeah. It really does. With the, with, does. Especially at the burrows. Do you ever play oh. the lot? I didn't. F- I should look through your Instagram, but. Just amazing. Live Edge? Uh, yeah, I buy. Usually I get some pretty good slices of burl from Windsor Plywood. You can just buy them by the pound and uh, take them over to the customer's place, slice them up on the bandsaw and stabilize them from there. And that's how I make a lot of like the hybrid scales using the live edge. Yeah. So it's like the hybrid is like it shows the live edge of the burl and then it goes into a clear epoxy resin with a bit of color in it, right? Yeah. I usually try to do like a glow in the dark or something like that. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Glow in the dark is rad. I wonder, have you ever thought, have you, I don't know if, if you ever tried this, but have you ever tried sucking the glow in the dark dye into the burrow? Uh, I have not tried that. I don't think it would work too successfully because most of the glow in the dark pigments, 
there's two types. There's like an alcohol-based type, which would possibly work for that. Um, I have never successfully found any. Uh, the more available stuff, it's it's a powder. It's like a fine mica powder, and uh, you okay. you probably wouldn't be able to get it to penetrate the wood. No, but you, not even just to penetrate the wood, but to fill right. out exterior pockets, so that yeah, you've got like all those shape, like when you shape your handle, oh, you sand those off. You would sand it all off. Yeah, duh. yeah. Fuck, I'm such a brilliant guy. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck. Would there be? I guess there would. You can't shape it and then stabilize it because it'll pro- the stabilizing process will probably warp it a bit, right? It does tend to warp it a little bit if you're working in a you know a decent sized block. Like if you have a you know inch and a half by two inch by say six inch block, like your standard handle block size, it's yeah. not going to warp a whole lot. If it does, it might be like a sixteenth of an inch by the time it's done baking or something. But, but uh, once you yeah, if you shape quarter it quarter inch slabs then it just, it can warp like a banana when you cook it. Oh, whoa, dude, you did some meteorite. Yep. That looks rad as fuck. Did, and you forged it? Nope, that uh, oh. came as a slab. One of my customers is the largest meteorite collector in Canada. Oh, oh wow. That's cool. Yep, so you had that slab that he'd kind of, it was a like from Luca or something like that, and it was like an old rusty slab or something, and he's like, I'll oh, just have it. Make me Dude, fun. that is, that's probably some of the raddest shit I have ever seen in my life right there. Yep. That, I that puts, that puts Woots, that, like that whole, that sits next <laughs> to, that sits next to Woots for sure. <laughs> Fuck, is that unique. cool? Yeah. Did you, have you, did you see that, Nick? I, I think uh, I have. From his, on June 10th, 2022. It's just uh, what scales, I guess, hey? Yep. I got both of them here right in front of me, actually. Oh, no way. Oh, you haven't used them yet? No, I've had lots of people offer to buy them, but I haven't, to my mind, I haven't finished them yet. I've got two of them here, and uh, I was supposed to send them down to Arizona this winter for a meteorite show. So these are damasteel blades with meteorite handles and copper rivets holding them on. That is gorgeous dude but i the knives are pretty much ready but they are so handle heavy for their size that i haven't been able to figure out how to make a sheath that would really work properly but at the same time like these are going to be display knives they don't really need a sheath but in order to i've never wanted a a knife before (laughs) (laughs) i actually fucking want a knife now like that is so fucking cool dude yeah Holy fuck! I make like you ever get horny, like not horny, but like (laughs) it's kind of that. Not no, hey, okay, just me, just me. It's just you, yeah. But it's like it's like like this rush of endorphins you get when you see something that you really, really like, right? And I don't know how else to explain it other than I feel horny. (laughs) <laughs> okay well do you ever do you remember when you were a kid and a really attractive girl would look at you and you could not help but smile back at her it was involuntary you could not control it uh did you ever have that I, that nervous I feeling i, never I can't control it now <laughs> i can't control that now oh okay 
But I, I, I don't know. As a kid, younger male, like uh, whatever, not, maybe not a kid, you know, once I got into my teens or whatever. But if there was an attractive girl that looked at me and I got a smile from her and we made eye contact, I would get this crazy fucking like butterly butterfly feeling going on or whatever. <laughs> like, holy fuck. And that knife did that to me. <laughs> what day did you what day did you say that was posted on june 10th 2022 okay i'm i'm keeping going i think i'm at uh yeah there's uh, two of them i did a couple months apart i think i, I need to uh, make display boxes for them before i really think about selling them or anything yeah yeah for sure that's yeah some fucking fancy shit dude that's a, that's a knife nobody's using yeah. Did you solve them out, or did you wrap them up already? Oh, I wrapped them up already. Okay, I got picked. I got a picture of one of them. If you don't mind, I'm gonna post that up. Yep, go for it. Sweet, thanks, dude. Um, it is almost quarter after eleven here. I'm normally in bed around this time of night, so uh, I think yeah. we unfortunately need to wrap it up. It's a little bit of a shorter episode this time around, but. Uh, Think I, I feel like we blasted through all the kind of did all the right <laughs> stuff, dude. Without like bullshitting <laughs> right. about stew, yeah, yeah. Hit all the fucking right points. The, we got right to the meat and potatoes. Yeah, you nope. betcha. It, I didn't have a beer tonight. I wonder if that what? has something to do with it. Yeah, no, no beers, no nothing. No beers, nothing, nothing, nothing. You stayed sober. Well. <laughs> explain sober okay you're right yeah no yeah. well I was I was drinking rum and other things cool <laughs> yeah yeah. I heard you once again the V pen yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that sorry about that yeah, yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's part of the it's part of the ambience man it makes it makes us feel yeah. like we're like Part of, part of the crew. We're keeping it real. We're keeping yeah. it real. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't right. edit. I don't edit that stuff out. I keep it in on purpose. Yeah. I want you, want you to want you to be part of the conversation, right? There well, you go. Audio editing is a huge pain in the ass, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, let's not talk about that, man. I just I had a <laughs> oh, the last that last episode was a nightmare, dude. Holy fuck! Like, oh yeah, the one before Pep. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. That was too much drinking and other things. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what that was about. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for for Joel Joel there because he kinda of got the shit end of the stick from us on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh you know what I think I think he had a good time. Yeah, yeah. I think he did too. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was kinda of hard to talk to him because there was such lag. Yeah, Australia. Which made it worse. Well, Lyle, thank you again for uh, sitting down with us and giving us uh, some time and telling us your story. But it was uh, awesome having you on the show. Yeah, this was uh, this was overdue for sure. Thanks for having me. If you're ever going to questions about stabilizing wood or anything, just let me know. Yeah, yeah, and actually, I'd I'd like to. uh, I can't wait to try some of that blade wax. I've got some at the shop, and I'm gonna go to try here. So. There you go. All right, hosers. Let's take off, eh? Yeah.
Good day. <laughs> Try it. Do it. Uh, <clears throat> no, I can't even do it. <laughs> can't even do it. A for effort. <laughs> oh, no, you can't get it out. Lyle's like our Ben Ben Snur of Canada. Man. Oh no. Man, that's, he's got that voice, and you're wow. from Alberta, rancher, and yeah. everything. Yeah, we found our we yeah. found the Canadian Bensner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right on, buddy. There you go. Well, uh, I don't know, man. We usually say some BS stuff after show, but I don't know. I'm fu- <laughs> I'm I'm tired, dude. It's been a long time. I'm I'm ready for yeah. bed. Go fucking. Yeah. Yeah, I was, actually, I was actually working today. I actually did things in the shop instead of, you know, let's face it, the knife making classes. So you, you don't do a whole lot. You do a little bit, but well, you, supervi- you got to supervise, right? Yeah, you supervise, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started doing some classes this year, too. And I, yeah, I, mean, I saw Kevin took a class with you. They're intense. Like, you know, like... You know, when you're a maker, you kind of, you have your, your routine you get into and you understand your own process mm, and then yeah. you try to teach someone else. And like, like it, it's almost like mentally exhausting because you're always trying to think like oh, this person <laughs> doesn't know anything about this. Like I have to teach everything. Oh you know? yeah. Well, you know, I, I got to give you, you know what? Like, it's, it's exhausting teaching. Yes. It's, I, it's, you don't have to teach them everything. You got to make sure they're having a good time and you got to make sure they're being safe. And there's some fundamentals that you need to do about with the knife. Who cares if they're in the exact same order? In but, in your, in your case, yeah. I agree, Nick, you don't have to worry about teaching them everything, but when you're somebody yeah. like Lyle and you've got somebody that's yeah. uh, a knife maker coming to you to learn more about knife making. Oh that yeah. Changes it a little bit. That does change it. This, this is, you know, anybody off the streets coming in yeah so, and and they are yeah. coming for the entertainment value more more often oh, than 100%. not right? yeah yeah although there's been some makers that have come in and they've learned a few things so yeah right <laughs> oh right they come in there and teach Linda you. Knows. they come in there and teach you a few things <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a student teach you something there bud yeah that's awesome yeah yeah, I'm glad you can read. You admit it like it's nothing. That's awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, and then I have to try harder to teach them something else. Uh, yeah, and some so, sometimes they teach know, you something yeah. without even trying to teach you something too, right? Yeah, yeah. More, more often than not. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Would you said Kevin yeah. took a, a class with Lyle? Which Kevin? Kevin from Nexus Grinder. Grinder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. He made his first yeah. knife with me. Oh, rad. Yeah. Very rad. Cool, dude. There you go. Yeah. When yeah. was that? It would have been uh, last summer. Oh, right. So yeah. is, did he keep on with it? Is he making knives now? or? Uh, he hasn't really been in the last while. I've, he just, I think, well, I was just messaging with him a few days ago. He was trying to figure out how to heat treat 1084. So he's uh, he's working on uh, on doing a few small knives, I think now. So we'll see what what right happens. 
Wicked, yeah. buddy. Wicked. Right on, bud. Good for him. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny. Like you know, he uh, <laughs> he's got an interesting background, but uh, you know, he went right into making grinders without making knives first. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he's um, businessman, not a no. yeah. Yep. That's I, and there's a side to me, and that's partially why I asked about you know how you're going about selling the knives and everything like that because that's a side to me. That I, that really I'm intrigued about how all of this works for a lot of people because I see it um, in our world or whatever in the makers world that the majority of us don't know fucking nothing about sales. There are so many people yeah. struggling to make sales and um, not not understanding the the effort that is required to doing a lot of sales as well. And yeah. I think, you know, and then you get other guys that I've, I see guys coming into our industry that know sales, but they don't know the product mm. and they come in pushing a product. That's like, sorry, buddy, no one's going to buy that. No matter how hard you market yeah. it, you're, you'll sell a few. Sure. But you, you're, you're, you need to, you need to have an, an even, scope in both like brian house for example i think brian house really really fucking nailed it when it came to doing what he did man yeah you know and and he's a he's a prime example of somebody that kind of did the same thing of making grinders before he made knives and stuff i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken that's how he went about doing it you know what i could see him i could see him putting together a uh, tire hammer kit And and all it all of it all it is is plans. There's a motor. There's like some of the big springs that you need. There's dies and instructions on on and a material list of what you need, and you just put it together. I don't. I don't. I don't know. You don't think so? There's. I bet it. I bet it's coming. the the logistics behind shipping all of that wouldn't be feasible. No, dude, there's not that there's not that much to it. Like he he'll for a tire hammer kit, he would send you less than you would get in a revolution grinder. What? Really? Yeah. Well, how think do about you it. figure that? Think about it. You've you've got the the plans. You've got the material list. So all your big stuff you buy. At your local scrap dealer or, or steel dealer or whatever. So the the hardware you need, the dies, the the tire, the motor, that's about it. That's it. Your electronics, your you know your switches, that kind of thing. Yeah. Other than that, you're looked after. Like you you, you go in. Sh- you need to shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> so, I'm gonna add, plan for Linden? No, but I'm gonna edit this out of the podcast because I think you just fucking totally highlighted a business opportunity, bud. <laughs> Holy fuck! Yeah. You, do you do you? That's totally feasible now that you're saying it like that. Like, yeah, you can't. There's no way you're yeah. shipping the base plate and the anvil and the tower and all no. that stuff. The package would be way too big. But the link, yeah. the linkages and all that. Yeah, the all, important all right. shit that you need. You know. I wonder if like there's anybody out there that's making that stuff already. 
I've never heard of anybody like I know John Perlu's doing a um tire hammer class workshop where he brings in like 30 people yeah. at a time and they all and they work build. together and build them yeah. from scratch. Yeah. And he brings in all of the material for that into his shop. Yeah. Like God, he that's does a lot of steel. Yeah, he coordinates a lot God. of work for that, dude. What He's got a big shop. Hammers? Yeah. They were working on 30 hammers. Yeah. Right last week or whatever. Yeah, and each anvil weighs like 800 pounds. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure a tire hammer is 1,200 pounds said and done. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, it depends, but I'm pretty, like, the if you follow it to the spec of a Clay Spencer uh, print. Yeah. So, and then and then I guess that that would be the other thing, is if somebody was to try to, to develop something where they're selling a tire hammer kit. Right. Well, Clay Spencer is the one that made that blueprint. Are you going to be paying him royalties? How's that? How's that going to work out? Yeah. Or are you going to change it that, what is it? 12% that change is required on, on copyrighted stuff. Well, that's not hard to change. Yeah. Especially on a tire hammer. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it, you're, yeah. you think you might have something there, dude. You might be onto something. There you go. Probably not my something, but. Why not? Mm. I don't know. I'm having difficulties balancing this all out, dude, with being a full time guy at work. And trying to do this and have a family at the same yeah. time. Well, and you, you know what? Honestly, um, you put together a couple kits, you sell them, and then once that catches on, then you then, quit. Then you quit. You know, build up your business now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I have this funny feeling that the uh, thing is, it'd be simple because you. You don't have a whole bunch of money to get a, a tire hammer. I mean, because you 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 sell them the motor, the wiring, the the plans, the springs, the linkages, and that's what six, seven hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks maybe. You know, and then they're responsible for finding the rest of their steel. So maybe they already have a bunch of that laying around. Maybe they've Got it in a scrap pile, and they're and they're like me, and they're just lazy, and they don't have the time to, or they do have the time, well, but they keep on doing other things instead of making no, the linkages but, and all that stuff. Well, they 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 don't know a where to get the springs or the linkages or or any of the stuff that is that you need to to have for the hammer. No, but you're you're just saying like there's a guy there's probably people out there that have all the stuff that you need. Oh yeah, need, right. And that's, well, I'm, 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 I'm talking I'm that about guy. All the, I have all the all stuff the I need steel. to build a tire hammer for like the last yeah, like I'm talking three about all years the, and haven't finished it. Yeah, all the all the tubing and all the all the I beam and all that kind of stuff, right? The big dinks. Yeah, I mean all the the big pieces. Sorry. Yeah, tired. My 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 brain's traveling towards. <laughs> <laughs> Should we put a? Should we pull a pin on this sucker? Throw, throw a sock on it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> throw a sock on your puppet. 
Good night, gents. <laughs> Have a good evening. Good Thanks, Lyle. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs>